The following podcast is a Dynasty Kingdom production. Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode on Sundays with Mike and Diana. We are so grateful for you guys being here with us today. And if this is your first time, a special thank you to you guys, man. Happy Sunday. We're so happy you're here. Yes. So before we get started, let's go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we just lift up your Holy Spirit right now, Father God. Just thanking you right now for your presence in this space through the airways, Father God, and being with all of our Sunday podcast viewers, Father God. We just thank you right now for blessing them in a special way today, God. We pray that you touch their hearts, touch their minds, touch their ears, and restore them, Father God. Protect them, Father God, and be with them wherever they are, Father God. And we just thank you right now for all these things. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Man. Amen. Woo! What a week, boy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's time to check in. I know. How are Man. you feeling? How am I feeling? Yeah. Well, since you asked. <laughs> um, today, I am feeling a 4.5. Wow. Snaps and claps. You know, when we're feeling above our baseline, we always like to celebrate that, man. Yes. And when we're feeling below our baseline, we get frowny faces, but it's not frowned, frowned upon. upon. Because we got to know <laughs> bad days to know good days, right? Yes. So my reasoning for being above my base today is just being emotionally in tune mm. with my body. Ugh. Man. And coming from a man's perspective, I feel like emotionally we've been shunned and disregarded in ways and made out to be these still, hard, do-it-all, shed-no-tear, don't feel any type of way or talk about how you're feeling. And it's just been really cool knowing that I don't always have to be that way. And it's actually an unhealthy way to be. If I feel like crying, I should probably cry. If I feel like being good and angry, I should probably be good and angry. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it's not okay to do those things. It's just how we go about showing those things. And for me personally, it's just been really cool to see my growth along the way just being able to funnel those emotions through a healthy way of dealing with them so for an example earlier this week i felt myself off course like it wasn't like i was doing anything wrong or anything it's just like certain things that i've been through in my life show up in different ways Mm -hmm. and it showed up in this way as myself being insecure uh with certain things that's going on in my life and being insecure as a man and Mm -hmm. it just showed up in certain ways in my life this week and i knew i was off but i really couldn't put a word to it a real feeling to it i just knew like oh i'm not feeling good Mm -hmm. and usually i'll shut down 
or I'll put a mask on and pretend like I'm okay or I'll just won't be I just won't want to be bothered but this week in particular I noticed a growth in my emotional intelligence intelligence yeah. like it was like okay something's not right mm. let me go do something that I know will make me feel better mm. so I went out in nature I took my camera with me and I just did some me time mm. and it didn't take the feeling away but it gave me a healthy way of dealing with what I was feeling and I didn't even know what I was feeling wow. I just knew that it was off and by the end of the walk I still didn't know why I was feeling the way I felt but fast forward to the next day I was just overwhelmed with the joy that I usually have, but it was just a little bit more that day because I knew mm. and acknowledged the fact that I was off and I put a plan in place to healthily deal with that feeling, you know, yeah. and it just felt real good. So like, man, <laughs> you ain't got to be tough dealing with your emotions and really understanding who you are as a person emotionally is such a strength like it really takes something from a person to really feel how they feel yeah everybody can put on a mask and pretend like it's all good but are you really good if i ask you right now how are you feeling and you just say good or do you really mean that dig a little bit deeper and see how you really feel right now i really feel a 4.5 there's no mask on that I really feel like that right now. Mm -hmm. And it feels really good, man. And I, I just so thankful for having this place of being able to just talk about it. Honestly, like it just feels good. Mm. Like the feeling doesn't always have to feel good, but it is good, you know? Mm -hmm. And it does come from somewhere. So yeah, honestly, I'm feeling good because I'm feeling good. I love it. Yeah. I love that. There's so many parts in your share today that I was just like, brought such a smile to my face, knowing that you're healing and freedom and that you know it's a birthright to get to feel this way. Yeah. And even better when you can acknowledge when you've had a bad day. So this feeling right here, this good feeling, it feels that much better, you know, like you experience it in a different way. And I loved how you touched on going out into nature didn't resolve that inner turmoil maybe that you were experiencing but it brought some form of relief some free therapy to that a lot of the times we don't know what we're feeling or we don't have the language for it and so i love that you said well i'm just gonna get outside of myself and just go into a walk and and see if i can't just shake shake this thing a little bit so and then it's also just really special for me to hear you say all of the things that you shared today as your wife and as your partner and just as someone who has seen literally seen you struggle emotionally it hasn't always been okay for you to feel yeah. and now you're starting to feel and put language to the feelings and texturize the feeling and put a color to it and I love it. I love it for you. I love that you're so in tune and so aware with how you're feeling because how we feel internally is really presented out into the world externally. Yeah. 
And it makes such a difference in how you show up in your day, you know. It's okay to have bad days. You don't have to have happy 4.5 days every day, nor is that realistic. So I love your transparency and your share and just always tell you you're like steel on one side and velvet on the other. And I love that about you. Thanks. Just because you have feelings doesn't make you weak or vulnerable or any less strong as a man. I feel like if anything, it just... In my eyes, I feel like you're the strongest person in my life because you're able to confront some things that maybe most people wouldn't be able to. It's too hard. Yeah. So thank you for sharing. Of course. How are you feeling? I'm going to help someone. (laughs) How are you deflecting? Oh, (laughs) no, I didn't deflect. I'm just like, you know. Um, I am feeling a three. I'm above my base. My base is a two. (laughs) Hey, wait, wait. The book almost failed. Yeah, I think, I don't know, we're kind of on a similar wavelength when it comes to feelings and emotions. And just with me, like with my background with counseling and everything, I know all of the things, right? I know what I'm supposed to do, all the tools, all the strategies, everything. And so this week was just different because I started working finally. I did a really big thing. I opened up my own private practice and now there's literally nothing holding me back from my dream. Like there's not a another class that I have to take or another training or anything. Like all the things that I'm looking to to well, I'm not ready yet because I still have to do this. There is no limits. I'm my only limit. And so grappling with that at first, my trauma brain, I've rewritten pathways in my brain to keep me safe. This is a pathway in my brain that my brain almost can't draw from a memory. So it's it's kind of on alert right now. And I felt triggered by that this week. I felt like this is unsafe. I'm anxious. I don't know if I know what I'm doing. A lot of that imposter syndrome came because I've never done this before. And so I have no context to compare it to. I can literally fail royally, right? Whatever failing looks like. But when I speak back to my trauma and I really stop and I close my eyes and I listen to that inner wisdom, like I have come such a long way and there is no failing. There is no failing. I can't mess this up. I cannot, there's nothing that I can possibly do. It's not going to be taken from me. There's no loss here. There's nothing to protect myself from. I am safe. The energy is is real, like all of the things that I think trauma comes to try and remind me of because I have never made it this far, doesn't have any backing. So I'm really grateful that I can speak to my trauma and self-soothe myself. I can do that. Mm. I don't have to go. I don't have to drink. I don't have to go to another person. I don't have to I don't have to do the things. Like I myself in my own home, I can self-soothe and talk to myself and talk myself off the ledge and remind myself that I'm not in this alone. God is with me. Mm-hmm. And I am doing incredible and I'm doing incredible things. So nice. I am at a 3 when I stop and reflect on that. If I don't stop and reflect on that, then yeah, it's easy for me to like completely discredit everything that's gotten me here. So very grateful. Amen. All right, y'all. Well, today's read, Esau sells his birthright. Mm, this is a good read. 
And if you want to go ahead in your Bible, we will be reading Genesis chapter 25, verses 27 through 34. Coming out of the children's book, Isaac and Rebekah had twin sons, Jacob and Esau. These two young men were very different. Jacob was a gentle person who liked to help his mother, Rebekah, at home. So he became Rebekah's favorite. Esau was a rugged, hairy hunter. Isaac liked this rugged son who brought wild game back for him to eat. So Esau became Isaac's favorite. Parents should never let one child become a favorite, but both Isaac and Rebekah did. One day, Jacob was cooking stew while Esau was out hunting. Esau was gone for a long time, but found nothing. When he came back, he smelled the wonderful stew cooking. I'm hungry, Esau told Jacob. Give me some of that red stuff. Esau picked up his nickname, Edom, from this. Edom meant red stuff. <laughs> Trade me your birthright for it, Jacob answered. At that time, the oldest son had the birthright. This meant he would someday lead the family. A birthright isn't worth much when I'm starving, Esau said. So he offered his birthright for a bowl of stew. Promise before God that you will trade your birthright for this stew, Jacob demanded. So Esau made the promise. He did not seem to care that he had given so much to get so little. Mm. Okay, so Genesis chapter 25, verses 27 through 34. Esau sells his birthright. As the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament preferring to stay at home. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home, but Rebekah loved Jacob. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved, give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, First you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. Wow. <clears throat> Remember, which son was Isaac's favorite? Esau. Esau. Why? He just enjoyed the wild game that he would, you know, hunt and then he got to eat. Yeah. Which son was Rebecca's favorite? Jacob. Jacob. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know if it says why. It doesn't say why, but I mean, he's like the daughter that she never had, right? You like she so? stayed in the house. He kept probably okay. cleaned around the house. He cooked the meals with mom. He, yeah. He was the, 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 the house son, you know? Yeah. So he like helped prepare the game and yeah, Esau was yeah. about it, like yeah. more adventurous. Mm -hmm. And Isaac liked Esau, not only just because he brought the meat, because it, it was more of a manly thing, right? Like mm -hmm. he, he's out in the field, putting in the work, bringing home the bacon, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So we see some of those traditional gender roles, I guess. Yeah, okay. exactly. What did Jacob want from Esau? His birthright. Yes, one of his birthright. Whew. Was Esau sorry that he traded his birthright for a bowl of stew? I don't think he was sorry at first. It says he had some contempt, so I'm sure he harbored resentment. 
I don't know that he was really sorry or had that had set in just yet what he had done. Yeah, I don't think he did either. Like, yeah. he was focused on his hunger. He wasn't really worried about yeah. any of that at that time, you know? Yeah. Discover. Don't give up too much for something just because you want it. Mmm, mm, so good. Apply. How much would you give up to get what you want? Just depends. <laughs> I no, I should say, I okay, the right answer, or I don't know. No, I don't no, know. no, it's your answer. There's no right answer. My answer is... Well, how much would you give up to get yeah. what you want? What I want? That's such a trick question, because if it's not what God wants for me, then should I be willing to give up so much for it? Hmm. Behind God, yes, I'd give my life, but if it's not a godly thing, if it's just a good thing... I don't know how much of that I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm sure something, right? Everything is a give and take, but I guess now I just would reflect on is what I'm willing to give worth that price? Mm. What about you? Well, BC, before <laughs> BC. Christ, before my save life, uh, I would give anything exactly, and yeah. everything and more yeah to get what i wanted yeah because all i thought about was myself i didn't think mm. about the next person i was very selfish i was very self-consumed i was very just i just didn't care about the next person as much as i would like to claim that i did mm. so and that range from family to friendships and just any other relationship that i was involved in outside of myself like mm -hmm. i would take for it I would steal for it. I would lie for it. I would I would do all types of things for what I wanted. Mm. You know, not even caring about who it affected, what happened because of it or any of that, you know? Yeah. But AC after Christ, <laughs> um your boy wouldn't give up much of anything to get what I want because ultimately what I want isn't what's best for me. Yeah. God knows what I need. What I want is a desire of my heart now. So yeah. he's promised me those things in his word. He said, walk with me and I will give you your heart's desires. Yeah. So I don't even have to want for anything. Yeah. I can literally just want what he wants for me. And he's going to give me what my heart wants. Yeah. So now I wouldn't give a thing to get what I want. Mm. Then I would give it all. I think the word peace comes to mind almost like if it costs me my peace, it's too much. That's like the one marker for me. Whereas before, I guess, BC, I would in the same way kind of give my all. But not in a selfish way. It's almost like I just didn't think there was another way. Like this is the only way to get to what I want. I have to give of myself so much or work myself to the bone or just, you know, just doing it my way, right, to get what I wanted. But God had an easier, softer way. Do you want not so good friends to like you? Uh, no, I could care less. I, those are not even friends if they're not so good. <laughs> I mean... 
No. Like I said, to speaking to the old version of me, yeah. I would love for them guys to be on my side. Like yeah. they look good to me. <laughs> because I was looking only for what I wanted. I wasn't looking for what was best for me or what's for best for anything outside of what I wanted. Yeah. And what I wanted was to look cool. What I wanted was to fit in. What I wanted was to be accepted. What I wanted was to not feel such an like such an outcast, you mm-hmm. know? So I did things and hung around people that I shouldn't have been around, you know? But now, oh, hell no. (laughs) Hell no. We ain't going. We ain't going. If you ain't good, we can't roll. It's just as simple as that. You know, I'm 30 now. I can care less about how you feel and how you move. I pray for you. And I wish and really hope the best for you, but I've already been there. I come from an experience that's shown me everything what it looks like to not have God in my life. Yeah. So now that I know what it looks like to have God in my life, there's nothing that's going to jeopardize that relationship. So if you're swaying me to go away that looks familiar to the bad things that I used to do, I'm swerving. And it doesn't make you a bad person. You just got to go through your process. God may be still working on you. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a timing to where they can say yes to what God is saying to them. But some people say yes and some people say no. But I know what that no costs me. Too much. Yeah. I don't care about being accepted. I don't care about feeling apart. I felt I care about God's heart. And what God's heart wants for me is for me to follow him and be good and be around good people and just do what he wants, truthfully, you know? Yeah, I feel like for me, I was just such a people pleaser and I wanted to keep the peace, like no matter what, that I would accept those friendships or I would try to be accepted. But now looking back at it, I don't want to shit on myself, so I don't want to say like I should have. Like, I'm glad that I went through the process that I did to appreciate what I will and will not stand for. And I'm not above hanging out or spending time with people that are not necessarily where I'm at, but it's just energy is everything to me. And so if the energy is not coming from a genuine place or a genuine desire to change or move or shift in any way, then I just can't align myself with that because that jeopardizes my walk. And I am in no position to to go backwards. Like God has me where he has me and yeah same pray for you but also not like judging the situation i think so many of us have everyone's name and everything but a prayer these days that we forget that we were once there too man so i don't forget where i come from if anything i identify with that but i'm also just not going to put myself in situations of jeopardy nor would i want the vice versa you know so just going back to the question no But, you know, there's, I guess, exceptions to the rule as long as you're moving in the way God is directing. Yeah. Would you give up being God's friend to be their friend? Never, ever, 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 never, ever, ever, never, ever, ever, ever. I don't care if it's just me and God. (laughs) Your friendship is extra. It's kind of like, no, like, no, not ever, because... Unless you have this relationship with God, you don't really know what you're missing not to have it. Man. I remember even like now just saying like, how were we doing it before? 
Like, how were we getting through life before? Because life now as a Christian is hard. So how was I doing it as a non-believer? That one relationship, that love that I received from him, that support, that compassion, there is not another relationship on this planet that will ever replace the relationship that I have with God, not my husband, not my family, not my friends, not anyone. Man. I would never jeopardize that for anyone, ever. Man. Like, never, never. So, and that doesn't mean that we haven't, like, speaking for myself, that doesn't mean that I haven't always, I, I have not always put God first. And I think that's why now it's so important for me to be in relationship with him because it is the most solid, precious, loving relationship I've ever experienced in my entire life. Never jeopardizing that. Yeah, I second that. Wifey, mama, daddy, brother, sister, uncle, cousin, best friend. Kids. Anybody. Anyone. Everybody is expendable and God has to be removed over one of those guys. And... It is a personal thing because this is a personal relationship. Yeah. God wants to know that you will put him before anything and anybody. He's your first love. Yes. And like my wife said, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, you just don't know what you're missing. Yeah. I was going around blindly living life on my terms, doing what I wanted to do, living life on my accord. I laugh now when I used to wonder then, why is it so hard? Mm. <laughs> like, why, God, why me? Like, why are you putting me through all this? But the answer to that was, I made it hard for myself. I know many times God has called me and I just turned it down. I know many times where God told me to go right and I go left. I know many times where God told me to do certain things and I just said no. And that was me being my own way, putting things above him. You don't have to be prayed up, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost to put God first in your life. He doesn't have to get you through his word from the beginning. He can use somebody to speak to you prophetically to say, come closer, get away from those guys that are doing all that stuff in the streets and come hang out with me. Or those girls over there don't mean you no good. Come hang out with us, we are doing some good stuff over here. You can sit with us. <laughs> you can sit with us. You don't have to feel and be like them to feel apart. Mm. There's no other relationship in this world that is like the one with our Lord and Savior. It's so precious. It's so intricate. It's so divine. It's so, it's so restorative. It's just so refreshing. It's just such a gift mm. that a lot of us aren't unwrapping. I really hope and pray that all of you listening to the sound of my voice seek a earnest relationship with god he's calling you he needs you he wants you he loves you he honors your very being you don't have to be like them he wants you to be like him and it's so much better on this side 
That's why I like to refer to BC and AC because I've been in both. Mm. I want to remind you that I've been down that path. Incarceration, drug addiction, infidelity, all the things, all the things. Mm. So I'm not speaking from a place of I'm on cloud nine and I just arrived here. I'm speaking from a place of being dead and being reborn. So never get it twisted. That's why I'm able to speak so freely because I've been there with you. And I'm telling you, if I was Esau, I'd rather kick that bow and say, we fasting today. (laughs) Because I ain't selling my relationship for no bowl of red stew. Lentils. Lentils. It wasn't even no meat in that stew. (laughs) You tell me we just got lentils. And some bread. And some bread. <laughs> Get, if we ain't catch nothing, guess we ain't having nothing. Mm. If God ain't providing right now, then that means we ain't going to go look for it. Mm. Because he is a provider. He's a healer. He's everything that you think you got to go get. Yeah. Yes. The biggest takeaway that comes to mind is when you are born you have a birthright that is divine like between you and god like it is your birthright to know god to be loved by god to see yourself as god sees you all of these things are your birthright it's not a special anointing that only certain people get to have like you're entitled to that relationship too he's your father he loves you and how many of us are quick to sell that birthright for some money or to be promoted or you know for certain relationships or to be elevated or for that job or for the new car or for the things or like it's like you're treating yourself like you're expendable when you're so the opposite like you are a masterpiece and you are just designed so uniquely if only you knew who you were in god's eyes like you wouldn't sell out so quick man you just wouldn't because you would value yourself in a different way your energy is not for everybody your time is not for everybody the things that are on the inside are not for everybody like all of that all of it if you knew how special you really were you would not be willing to settle so maybe not a bowl of soup, but I'm sure there are areas in your life where you have settled, succumbed, sold out, whatever you want to call it. And we can say that you haven't, but like how how are you feeling today about certain decisions in life that you have made? You have made. God didn't call you to that. You decided that you were going to call yourself to that thing. Mm. And now you're having to walk it out. And maybe you're doing it with contempt. Maybe you're showing up to a job with contempt or maybe you're showing up in your relationship with a chip on your shoulder or maybe you're you know there's just certain things that you're doing that god didn't call you to do god didn't call you to help that person he didn't call you to buy that car now you got that car note you can't afford like there's just so many things right but um yeah just be curious about those areas in your life because god didn't want that for you you're allowed to let go of the things that you want called to. It's your birthright to have a relationship with him. Final takeaway is just, man, don't sell yourself short. You've been doing it for too long. You're frustrated. You're irritated. You're bothered. You're not happy. So let's stop pretending like you're all happy-go-lucky because you got the things that you want. Mm. But it's time to get the things that you need. And what you need doesn't look like what you've been getting. 
it looks like maybe not having all the finances that you're used to having, but waiting on God to provide for you. Let me tell you who you are. You're a masterpiece created in God's image. And he wants you to know that. But you can only know that in relationship with him. I only found out how valuable I was by getting in relationship with him. All I've been told is what I wasn't. And I believed it. So I settled on everything that he didn't want for me. But now that I'm here, ain't no stopping us now. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're going up all the way to the heavens because we know how valuable we are. And I just want to say that doesn't mean that you won't struggle with your value, right? Like we're humans, we'll struggle with like feeling worthy, especially when you haven't. Still do. It's not yeah. like, yeah, it's not like it. like, you know, we just think like we're, you know, walking on water or anything. Yeah. But so like, it's a process of learning your value, but you will never learn or take those steps to learning that value if you stay where you're at. Yeah. Gotta get uncomfortable. And I just, you know, it kind of reminds me of like, I'll be happy when, I'll be happy when, like when I get that job or when I land that thing or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you get there and it's like, but I'm still not where I feel like I should be. Like almost still not content. Like Esau, just in contempt of who God's called me to be. God created him to be the firstborn son and he had contempt. He was willing, he did sell his birthright for it. So those things that God gave you, they're not meant to be a hindrance in your life. They're meant to propel you forward. There's a reason why you're called to certain things and maybe someone else in your life is not. It's not their call. Like you shouldn't have contempt for someone for something that God is calling you to. And if you're struggling with that, like that's what he's there for. God doesn't expect you to just get this right the first time. Call on him. Let him know I'm struggling here. My way isn't working. I don't know how to do this. I need your help. I need your support because I'm called. You said it's my birthright to be in relationship with you. Well, here I am. I'm presenting myself to you. What would you have me to do, God? Help me. Guide me. Support me. Show me who's for me. Remove those that are against me, God. Like, he just wants you to come in earnest. He's not expecting perfection or like, okay, I'm going to change my life. Like, what would be the point of that relationship if you knew what to do already? So it's not, this isn't one of those call to actions to like, okay, change up and like change. It's like you're transforming and you're transformed. You're healed and you're healing. It's, it's a constant process. Even us, even Mike and Diana, like we are not, we have not arrived anywhere but where we are. I call on him daily, multiple times a day to get me through situations that are I've been through before or that are new or that are familiar, but because I'm human and I don't have the answers and it is my birthright to call on him and ask for his help. Doesn't make you anything but his child to do that. He wants that. He yearns for that. He loves that. He loves to hear from you. Yes, he does. So just be easy with yourself during this process. And if you have been coveting certain things or just going, you know, just a certain way, like have forgiveness for yourself. You're human. Now you're aware, right? Now you're aware that maybe you've been placing your wants ahead of God's wants. And that's okay. God is so merciful. He doesn't look at you or any kind of way. Man will, but he doesn't. It's okay. 
Start today. Today is a new day. You can do one thing to honor God with your life today. And only you know what that is. It was a tough love word. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> so, in closing, let's go ahead and pray out, honey. Okay, all mine's clear. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for our listeners on today, Father God. We thank you for their birthright. It is their birthright to heal. It is their birthright to love and be loved. To answer that call, I know that you're there holding their hand and, and helping them, supporting them, loving them, even when they don't see it, Father God. But I just ask right now for the spirit of peace to be upon them, Father God. The spirit of just slow reflection, that relationship with you, Father God, that they can minister on that and really refocus what it is that you're calling them to do. Let their wants be your wants, Father God. Let their giving be what you would have them to give. Let them receive what you would have them to receive, Father God. But let them not be a sellout to that birthright. We know that you've instilled in things that only they can carry out. Nobody can do it like them, Father God. So I just ask that you continue to just nourish their spirit, Father God. Continue to stir that up in their belly, Father God. Let it be a, something that they give birth to, Father God, in and through you because you have called them. You call them worthy. You call them a masterpiece. You call them loved. They are your beloved, Father God. So... We thank you right now that you're just working miracles in their lives, that you're easing anything that's not of you, any anxiety, tension, fear, apprehension, doubt, anything, oh God, that just isn't you and that you instead begin to restore it with your loving and nurturing spirit, oh God. We thank you for all of these things as if they're already done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Sundays with Mike and Diana. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. If you're in the Las Vegas area, join us for our in-person Bible study every third Saturday of the month at 10 a.m. And don't forget to connect with us at underscore Sunday's podcast. Thanks for listening. See you for Bible study next week. Light work.